0: We'll get our special guest, Drew Butler, from uh, the dogs on with us as well. I mean, he's a former dog, but he's always a dog. You know what I mean? As most of them
1: There's no such thing as a former dog.
0: Well, I would have to disagree with you on that from my personal experience, but yes, that is true. I look skinny today. Fuck yeah. This is great. Why do you look fatter than me? Uh, Because I'm sick. Ah, uh, yeah, it makes sense. Okay, yeah. Pop one off.
2: There you go. Pop it off. Don't think, just go. go. Here we go. Do it, yes.
1: He oh. did it. <laughs>
2: Shots fired! Hey, Terry, I did, I did my first desk pop. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real thing, right? A desk pop? Yeah. No, that's not real. They were so convincing in their argument, they swung
0: me. <laughs>
1: Hey everybody, welcome back to the College Football Uncensored Podcast, brought to you by Saturday Down South. I'm your host, Tyler Huck, and with me as always, my co-host, Chris Marler. Just wearing the red and black like it's like his team now.
0: Well, you know, here's the thing. I, if you follow me on Twitter, if you follow me on Twitter, you know that nobody gets along better with the Georgia fan base than Chris Marler. Um, <laughs> nobody <laughs> It just, just I, today I tried to compliment Texas and Georgia fans were like, the fuck you are, the fuck <laughs> you are, bro. Um, no, I'm, I'm fired up about this. I, so this is, this is, I, I have so much to say about Georgia and a majority of it good. Um, but I think also like we, we came on here, we came on here beforehand and I've got some fucking things to say to Georgia fans. I really do. And, and, and I don't think they're going to be as nice as some of the other positives we're going to say about this team. Just, and it's not, even about, it's not even about last year's stuff with Bama. It's just in general about the stuff I've noticed, even in the Facebook group. I can't wait. We're going to let it all – we're going to get everything off our chest, okay? Like <laughs> like a porn star cleaning up after, after set. We're going to get everything off our chest, guys.
1: Wow. Wow. Okay. okay. All right. Well, on that note, why don't we bring in our special guest here? <laughs> all right. You may know him as one of the best
0: non-Australian punters in the history of college football. Now listen, I always say I would have been probably a little bit more famous if I didn't have my own parents.
2: Do you think you would be more famous if you were Australian? You know, that influx of Australian punters was happening as I was phasing out of college. Let me fix yep. my camera real
0: quick, though. Hold on one second. I hate you so much for this, Drew. Let me let me fix my camera real quick.
2: All right, I just wanted to make sure that we got that. And the camera does look good. Camera looks good. Yeah, good. Um, good. yeah, I definitely probably would have been a little bit more popular if I was Australian. But remember Brad Wing, like the, yeah. the lightning rod of Australian punters when he first busted onto the scene. I was a senior when he was, I think, a sophomore or freshman, 2011 SEC Championship game, good memories. But I'm just a regular um, Irish Catholic American. So, So do it that what you will.
0: That's fair enough. Fair enough, man. Yeah. It's good to have you. Man. We appreciate you coming on. You're one of my favorite people. I mean, in general, but like also when it comes to Georgia football and stuff like that. I'm wearing the stupid hat for you. You're great. So you're welcome. Um, yeah, you look good, though, man. You look good. You look like a like a if Ivan Drago played baseball. I don't know if that means anything to you, but that's that's kind of what the vibes I'm getting. The jawline. Golf. Good.
1: I'll
2: take. Golf, you know, but uh, yep. baseball works too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, you know, I love following you guys also. Um, I like following people who love college football, who don't take themselves too seriously, mm-hmm. who like to have fun and chirp and understand yep. that we all just love this crazy game. And we're less than a month away from kickoff, mm-hmm. which I cannot be more excited about.
0: Same, man. Same. I'll let I'll let Tyler kind of uh, take it away as the as the host here. I'm, I don't know what's wrong. What, am I? What's wrong? With my- yeah,
1: Chris. I was gonna make mention. I, I I wasn't sure if it was my internet, but you definitely look like a pixelated for sure. Cool. This is my new
0: place, so this is fun. I'll just stream it from my phone. <laughs> um, go ahead. You take it away, Tyler. I'm gonna reconnect.
1: All right. So obviously we're previewing Georgia. Uh, look, 14 and one last year to national champs, first time since 1980. FPI loves them again this year. They're they're projected to go eleven and one in the regular season. Um, the over under for win totals ten and a half, which uh, that's the lowest I could find. Yeah, I personally love that number, but it's at minus two fifty, so that's yeah. that's a lot to pay for it. Um, I'm just interested what you think is going to happen this year. Just being that UGA for the first time since 1980 is really the team that everyone's trying to hawk down. They're they're the big dogs coming into the year. Obviously, there's a lot of hype around Bama too, but you know, Kirby's had them one of four schools uh, in the playoff era that have now gone to two national championship games, BAM, Ohio State, Clemson. So Georgia has now found themselves among those teams. Um, so they're, they're, they're hunted, but they also lost 15 draft picks uh, yeah. in the offseason, and they lost five coaches, which they haven't had that amount of turnover. What do you think is going to happen this year in terms of what the expectations are and how they rebuild that team? Yeah, the
2: expectations are for good reason, extremely high. I mean, you mentioned the 15 draft picks, five coaches gone. Kirby Smart is not unfamiliar with that from his time at Alabama. And that's what comes with success now in this day and age of college football. Obviously, they're meeting up with Dan Lanning, their former defensive coordinator, in week one, who's now the head coach at Oregon. I think that might be the hardest game of the season for Georgia. Um, I love the consistency that they have and the familiarity that they have on offense this year. Todd Munkin coming back. Stetson Bennett finally back. He is the quarterback. No questions around that situation heading into the season. Really, really good skill players on offense. Defense, yeah, a lot of attrition. The majority of those 15 NFL draft picks were on the defensive side of the ball. But keep in mind, Georgia took care of business week in and week out last season with such efficiency that a lot of the guys who are going to be starting this year are not necessarily inexperienced. They have played a lot on Saturdays. They do understand the cadence of getting calls in from the coaches, what to expect, uh, you know, in the middle of an actual game. So I think the – the attrition, now. when I when I say the experience, I, I'm not saying that you're going to have another N'Kobe Dean and you're going to have another Jordan Davis and Trayvon Walker, who was the number one overall NFL draft pick. Those guys are irreplaceable. But I do believe George is now in a position, after recruiting at such a high level for a long time, to be able to reload at some of those positions. And I will say this, last and least, George's schedule uh, is a cakewalk. I mean, it's an absolute joke. So <laughs> I really do think week one – in Atlanta against Oregon could be one of the tougher games for the dogs all season long. All right. What did I
0: miss? Cause I know that I cut out, uh, which is
2: fun.
1: Uh, you didn't miss much. We were just, we were, we were kind of talking about how this year, uh, unlike most for Georgia, they're replacing not only a ton of players, but a lot of coaches as well. Yeah. And you know, we've seen Saban do that over the years. There's not a ton of programs that can sustain success, losing that amount of uh, staff and that amount of players. And I'm just interested to see Kirby and how he, he deals with that this year. I think it's obviously we'll start with the offense. I think it's great that you bring back Stetson Um, and the defense got pretty much all the glory last year, but you know, you UGA was fourth in the nation in uh, yards per play first in the sec. Um, I will say, I think how good that defense was, the offense was never really put into too much pressure to have to score. Um, Um, Except and against like, Alabama in the national championship, Champions, Champions, right? which,
0: yeah. you know, which is where I, I don't like, I, I get on this high horse about Stetson all the time, and I have this fucking shirt, and like, <laughs> and you and listen, Drew, you know I love to fucking get at Georgia fans, you know? Yeah, it, I, love, I, love, I it. love it. I love but, that you love it. But at the same time, it's like, I just this fan base blew. They 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 blamed him for two straight years for everything. You can't see won. That's why we lost to Florida. That's why we lost to Bama. And like. And then he comes in here and all this kid does like, I tell you what the most impressive thing about Setson Bennett is, isn't what he did in the fourth quarter against Alabama with a, when, when they were losing, it isn't, you know, it isn't like any other stuff he did during the season or this, it's not the fucking haircut. Okay. I mean, which is impressive. It's, not, it's still not the most impressive thing this kid has done is sit there for two years. And, and you know, he's hearing all the chirps and, shit yeah. like that. and not, not once talk about transferring, not once put his name in the, in the transfer portal, what is like that? Kind of, we talk about this a lot, like the leadership that Kirby's been able to instill, especially with defense. What kind of leadership does that like provide for this team? And, and I'm not saying this to be a dick, but like, or does it? Because I feel like a lot of times you don't you don't know if if sometimes even the team is is still behind him, even though like what he did last year. You know?
2: No, I I totally agree with you. I think it's hard maybe for the casual fan to understand how much that means in a locker room. I mean, mm-hmm. truly. From the coaches to the players to everybody in that building getting ready for a Saturday to understand that you have a leader with those kind of intangibles who's going to be taking your team into battle between the hedgers or wherever it may be in the SEC. That is huge because that is not – easily attainable right. uh, I thought one of the most telling parts of Georgia's season the year ago was after the back and forth and back and forth between Stetson and JT and then remember JT Daniel started at Vanderbilt I believe that was game four or five yeah. Georgia scored 35 points in the first quarter now I know it's Vanderbilt so take that with a grain of salt but they were out there playing basketball I mean JT looked phenomenal he might not have even had an incompletion it and then point. that and then that abdomen snuck in there right. and Stetson kind of took over I forget which game was after that. But in the middle of the season, Nolan Smith was asked in a post-game interview on the field about the quarterback situation, and he said defiantly, we trust Stetson Bennett. And I Mm go, wow, that tells you a lot because the guys on defense are playing their asses off. They know that Stetson is going to be able to put the offense in good position, take care of the football, take time off the clock, really just help manage a football game. Is that a bad thing? No, Stetson Bennett is a national champion. With that being said, now having an entire offseason of being the number one quarterback, we did not lose. Georgia did not lose Todd Munkin as the offensive coordinator. I think that was a key, key aspect of Kirby Smart's offseason, knowing what to expect from this offense, from the leadership of this offense, from the skill positions on this offense. I think it's an underlooked storyline heading into Georgia's you know, defense of their national championship because of how great the defense was a year ago Mm -hmm. and how much talent they lost off of that defense. Tyler, you brought up a great point. Nobody talks about it. Georgia led. Did you say the SEC or the nation in yards per play? Yeah, I mean they had led
1: the, led the SEC fourth in the nation. Yeah, I mean that's a statistic right
2: there that nobody talks about. You're like right. Georgia was leading in chunk plays, twenty five yards or more, very efficient. And for some reason, it's just everybody wants to point at Stetson win, lose or draw, mm-hmm. uh, and to see him take those shots on social media, take them in the media. If you're just in and around the Atlanta area, or you watch college football. For him to be able to tune it out and then just go out there and ball, I've got nothing but respect for the guy, and um, it's phenomenal. I'm I'm excited he came back. Remember, he could have left. I think it's really going to be a fun season for Georgia. Oh, left. I mean, who knows where it could have gone? Could have gone to the XFL. Could have gone to the NFL. (laughs) Could be snow insurance, or you know,
0: could have been doing anything. You could have been. been on the Punt and Pass podcast. <laughs> it would have been. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I think it's. I think it's awesome to watch. And I, and I will say, I've said this before. And like, you're you're. I mean, you're drinking water. Obviously, we already talked about the draw, the jaw line, the professionalism, all that good stuff. But like, let me just uh, allow me to to take a little like um, tiptoe over the line into the unprofessional part of it. I I went to the spring game. I watched him come out and like fire and stuff like that. I've seen the haircut. I've seen all that kind of shit. Yeah, there's not a player in the country, in my opinion that has bigger dick energy than Stetson Bennett right now. I would I agree know, with that. Like, I it just, he's, he's like, and it's not like the Will Levis bullshit. It's like, dude, do you want to see me eat a banana with the peel on? Like, no, Will, I fucking don't. I want to see you complete passes and <laughs> interceptions because you've led the, the league in them last year. Like, he <laughs> comes out of here. He's done nothing but like consistently bring consistency to the program. And yeah. I think that's like, you brought up Munkin. I think like, let's get into this for a second because, I know that Bama fans have brought the injuries. I have brought the injuries. I think they matter, but it doesn't matter anymore because the game has been played. There's so many injuries that the Georgia team had going into the season, and luckily yeah. you get a full 12-14 games to kind of work out those kinks with these new players. When you have a guy like Brock Bowers from fucking wine country that comes out here and becomes an All-American, <laughs> and now you get to play Darnell Washington, and now you get to throw in Eric Gilbert and stuff like that, and, and then Kyrus Jackson, maybe Arian Smith finally becomes like the guy that we all think that he could be.
1: I mean, tons Don't forget of... My guy. That's it. <laughs> so, I mean, he had a good so, year last year. I'm not fucking around. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> what a name. I mean, between him and Stetson, that is a UGA Georgia, name right the there. Times
0: Georgia was playing the fucking Army offense of 1956 <laughs> and, like, out there in Athens. But no. So, like, I, I think going in, like, Todd Munkin, one thing that we never did a really good job of was giving that guy credit because, I mean, name a harder situation to walk into in Athens when you've got your first year starter is supposed to be Jamie Newman, and yeah. installing an offense that is is purely like you're doing it all on Zoom. And you saw we we I had to disconnect during this fucking broadcast. This is my actual job, yeah. like you know. So how hard is it to try to figure out Zoom calls for like these 18 year old kids and install an offense or install an offense? Then you have JT, and then you have. I think year three with Monk and he could be a one of the best coordinators in the country. I already think he is, but I think like. Going into this year, what new type of wrinkles do you think he'll be able to kind of uh, unleash? Uh,
2: again, I think it's it's that familiarity with this play caller, right? I mean, it, talking about Stetson, his field general, you know, obviously Munkin's the play caller. Understanding how he's going to be able to ra- react to in-game situations, knowing probably and being able to collaborate on a first 15 script, heading mm-hmm. into a game, hey, Stetson, what do you like? What did you see at practice? That trust level is there now right. to where Munkin can really dive deep. And you talk about the talent. I was listening to the radio today. They were talking about Oscar Delve. I mean, Oscar Delve, another tight end, four-star, All-American. They're like, the riches in that tight end room yeah. are maybe unseen ever in college football. I think somebody was bringing up the early 2000s Miami yeah. uh, team, Talon Winslow, Jeremy Shockey, all those that guys. Mean. But those mismatches that they're going to be able to scheme up. Um, the running backs are always very well conditioned and can tote the rock. You know, mm-hmm. You're know, you allowing Stetson to go into these games with a complete arsenal to where him and Todd are going to be able to really, I think week after week, put new wrinkles in based on the mismatch situations and scenarios that they're going to be able to identify throughout film sessions. So I don't necessarily think George is going to be tucked into any so- sort of corner, but t- depending on week in or week out, I think it's like open up everything, mm-hmm. see what we can make happen and be as creative as possible but in the end you know what georgia likes to do they like to run the ball they like to develop a play action uh situation to open up and take the top off of a defense and then in the fourth quarter just like they used to at alabama when kirby was a defensive coordinator there just grind you down and and make sure that you can't come back and steal the game from them so uh, i'm really excited and again Think about week one, all right? The expectations are there. It is a neutral site. It'll probably be 75-25 Georgia fans. I'm hearing that Oregon fans have lived up to their allotment of tickets. They do travel well. This is a new regime with Coach Lanning at the helm. I could just see a situation where Georgia gets off to a slower start, right? The nerves are going to be there. You're the defending national champions. It is a primetime game that afternoon on ABC or ESPN, I could see a situation where it's slower start. Uh, Oregon's fired up at halftime. Dan Lanning is slowing down the game, making sure that they're somewhat within reaching distance. Chris, I think the line right now is like 17 and a half or 18. Half. I, would, I would take the points right now. I would sit there and go take the points. I, I don't think want that to happen game. though because I
0: want Stetson to do I, The last thing I want is to have to go into fucking week two and be like, is it time to get Stetson Bennett on the bench?
2: The Dude, he might that 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 situation might never leave him. Um, but yeah. I could just see Georgia pull away in the fourth quarter, right? Two touchdown no. win, maybe a seventeen point win if it stays at seventeen and a half. I just I could see with with what Coach Landing knows about this entire locker room, right. being able to put his guys in situation. Bo Nix, like, could he create the magic that he's been known for? Uh, I, I think it's going to be a, a really good game. That's what I do think.
1: Not to, not to mention, exactly. not to mention Crystal Ball. It's not like he left him with a bad roster. I mean, Crystal oh, Ball can no. recruit, the so yeah. they got some guys, some five-star linebackers on that team. They got a really good O line. So best football team
0: uh, in Oregon by far.
1: I mean, by far. Right. Sure. Yeah. At least. Um, who's toting the rock this year? Is it going to be kind of a committee deal like it's been in the past? You lose James Cooks, Zamir White. Um, is it going to be the McIntosh show is Kendall Milton going to come back from injuries and be the guy? What What do you think about the running back position?
2: I think to start and from what I'm hearing and seeing it's going to be Kendall Milton. And then obviously I'd love to see Kenny McIntosh get in there and kind of supplement what Kendall can do. I think Kendall has what it takes and has the familiarity with the program. Again, another guy who could have transferred, right? I mean, This day and age, anybody can transfer at any time for any reason. But there were some rumblings right after the season. Will Kendall Milton transfer? He decided not to. I think that's extremely telling. Um, I think it'll be Kendall Milton to showcase. I think Kenny McIntosh will supplement. Then you'll see guys continue to to step up throughout the season. But – you know, when those decisions are made and guys are committed to a program, I'm going to root for them uh, no matter what school they're at. A guy like Tank yeah. Bigsby comes to mind. You know, think about all of the attrition and craziness that was right after Auburn's season. Oh, guys yeah. were going everywhere. It was a mass exodus. It was like, is Brian Harson going to get fired? And then you see Tank Bigsby stay. I think those types of situations really create buy-in in the locker room. Now you know what you yeah. got, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's hands in the pile. I think if you look at a win total, if we want to go there over under, I, I could see Auburn going over their win total. I think it's like five and a half or six and a half.
0: Five and a half.
2: Yeah. I think it's I over shit. Yeah. I, okay. So
0: let me, like, like I was going to say, tell me why I'm wrong, but I rarely am. So it's like, why would we even start with that? So yeah. the question I have for you is this. I think James Cook is the most difficult person to replace on that offense, but like not team. Because if you saw with, like some of the stuff that, you know, Nakobe and, and Jordan Davis were able to pull last year, but before we get into defense, but like, Macintosh seems like the appropriate fit that's gonna step in, but James Cook did so much for you guys. Like, how do you replace his production and and like how you use him in in like game planning, really? Because we saw him in whenever it was a big game, you saw him in the national championship game. Yep. He was a key part almost every yep. single time of the game planning. Um, who do you think replaces him, or do you think it's you kind of venture in a different direction and try to maybe go like maybe you run the fucking 13 personnel, like we keep hearing about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tight ends. How do you replace a guy like
2: that? You know, I thought James was certainly an X factor. I was a huge proponent of him. Really, his breakout game, obviously, everybody knew who he was because he's such a mm-hmm. good talent. But remember Georgia in that first half against Tennessee in Knoxville? Tennessee had a ton of hype. Uh, it was a high-powered offense. They were fighting their groove. And, man, Coach Munkin put James Cook in a situation to get out of the backfield, catch those swing passes – put him against a linebacker on a choice right over the middle. And then you're letting a guy with speed and talent take over. And then it happened again in the orange bowl. And then it happened again in the national championship game. Mm -hmm. It was kind of that Swiss army knife to say, Hey, we need to get out of a bind or we need to identify where we can really pick up some opportunities, chunk plays. James cook was your guy. You know what's crazy to think about? I mean, I was at practice. This was back in the spring. Eric Gilbert is like an absolute monster. You're sitting there going, is this for real? I mean, when I was in school 10 years ago, we just didn't have guys like that, simply put. And it's crazy too because, like, I'll do some high school punting or kicking camps. We used to do it for Georgia. They haven't hosted it in a couple of years because of COVID. But I would see juniors in high school who were like better than I was when I was in the NFL. I was like, this is crazy how good people are now at their position. So, I say all that by saying I think you're going to be amazed at some of the versatility that they show when lining up these tight ends. I mean, Brock Bowers, hell, put him in the backfield. Make a linebacker matchup against him. Let him run a choice or a swing route or a wheel route and just see what happens. I think Georgia's going to be able to get really, really creative in some of those situations. Um, I would just point to that tight end locker room and say, what are we going to do with these guys? we got to get them on the field. And also, real quick, if we don't
0: make Brock Bowers' nickname – Swag non blanc, then what are we even fucking doing at this point? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like,
2: yeah, I just don't get it. I need, I do need your help. Um, yeah. George's punter is Australian this year, Brett Thorson. I haven't met Brett, I haven't even seen him kick, like um, but do. he was a dairy farmer in Australia. And I think people are wanting to nickname him Thor because his last name is Thorson. And I'm like, no, he, needs, right. to he needs to be the <laughs> milkman. He was so, a dairy but, farmer. I
0: swear to God, if you guys, this is like the perfect branding that you guys should be doing and like your fans will inevitably go to. It's like, we got the mailman, the milkman. You guys got beat by two <laughs> white former walk ons. Like, it just dude. It doesn't Sweet matter how color. It. God, that's good.
1: That's Before good. we move on to the defense, uh, is the offense going to be the strength of the team this year because the defense has so much to replace?
2: I mean, I would say yes at this point, but I certainly don't think the defense is going to be in a terrible situation. We yeah, can get right. into that. But, uh, you know, Jalen Carter, I, I love Chris Smith coming back. I love Tyke Smith hopefully being healthy. Yeah, uh, Robert Beal is going to be a breakout guy. I'm just – they've got so much talent. Um, it's not it's like it's completely weak. depleted, but those generational players like a Jordan Davis, like a Kobe Dean, uh, those guys are just really, really tough to say so you can replace them.
1: Yeah. I'm My sure. most interesting nugget about the Georgia defense last year, statistically, it was more likely for an opposing offense to lose five yards on a drive than to score a touchdown.
2: <laughs> you know, uh what what did they give up per game? Like ten point one? And that includes yeah. the forty one point ass kicking they got by Alabama in the SDC for a championship second. game. For a long time. Um We, we, I would love to talk about that. I was there. It was, uh, it was, my wife went to Alabama.
0: You guys know this. This is well documented the game. You sent me a, all you sent me was a frown face emoji.
2: It was just just bad. I mean, you know, bad. I'm a loser already in my household and you add that on top of it right around the holiday seasons. You know, it takes a toll on your mental health. That's a fact, but
0: but also, you know how much they were giving up per game going into that, right? Like you do know the answer. It was 6.9.
2: Yeah, I, I, I
0: believe me. I, I remember. Uh,
2: I had a, I had a great meeting. DJ Shockley, uh, who's a, a great dog, and, and he's on Fox 5 Sports here in Atlanta. He does the sidelines uh, for George Bulldog Radio Network. I saw him at a cherry event a couple weeks ago, and somehow we were talking about the Orange Bowl and, and how looking back, Uh, getting schlack by Alabama in the SEC championship. Was it a good thing? I mean, now that we won the national championship, yes, you can say it was. But before the Orange Bowl, the teams went in before kickoff, since it was a college football playoff game, that 10-minute period kind of elongated to 15, 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. So they went in there, they split the locker rooms up, offense, defense, put the projectors, hey, final checklist, let's make sure we're all good. DJ said, hey, I'm going to go watch the defense. He goes, man, I went over to the defense. Dan Lanning was setting up plays, and he goes, "Nikoby Dean and these guys were calling out what these plays were going to be. Before the first motion was even there, DJ goes, we're about to beat these cats by like 30 points. And that's exactly what happened. When you see those replays of N'Kobe identifying a motion or watching the running back and shotgun move from the left side of the quarterback to the right side and literally calling out what is going to happen, that's the kind of leadership familiarity you know, those type of guys, man, they're the ones that do whatever it takes to win a national championship. I think guys like that can step up, um, mm. but it's amazing to look back on and see how impactful they were to Georgia a season ago.
1: Is that the position you feel least confident in reloading on the defense as middle linebacker? Because you le- not only is it Nakobe, but you le- lose Tyndall and Quay Walker. Um, <laughs> like you said, Jalen All Carter, it's been probably talked about ad nauseum at this point, but everyone says Jalen Carter is probably the best prospect on last year's team. Yeah. So, I mean, we're, you feel confident on the D line, especially the way they've recruited. And they've recruited fine at linebacker, too, but you're losing a lot at that one key spot. Yeah. Is that what, what, is that what makes good
2: linebackers? What makes good <laughs> secondary guys? A badass pass rush. And yeah. when you got Nolan Smith and Jalen Carter and Robert Beal kind of probably going to be in that jack linebacker role, uh, you know that they're going to be able to get after the quarterback. Quick decisions. Linebackers are in the right place. They start making plays. They start gaining confidence. Bad decisions, chucking the ball up. DBs are getting interceptions. It all starts in the trenches in the SEC. I mean, you could say that a million times, and you'd be correct a million times. It starts – on the lines of scrimmage and Georgia's defensive line is going to be very solid once again. So I think that presents a great opportunity for these more inexperienced, not unexperienced, more inexperienced linebackers and DBs to say, "Okay, we can get a couple of weeks under our feet, understand what's going on and start making a big impact.
0: Yeah. And so going like, I'm trying to think, Tyler, where are we even at on this fucking uh, outline doc <laughs> that i made? We just kind of bounced all over. Fire me up, Chris. Fire me <laughs> up. <laughs> so, like, because the reason I ask is part of it is, is, like, we do this for every team, Drew, and it's, like, kind of going through, like, the schedule and, like, the strength of schedule and, like, yeah. what the biggest chance of upset is. And I just really don't see one. Like, I mean, going into it, like, you and I joked about this last year. Like, going into Kentucky Week, we did that interview where we sat down, and it was, like, I was, like, does anybody beat Georgia? Like, no. No one be sure. I was like, yeah, I'm kind of with you. You know what I mean? And I—that's I, yeah. I, how I feel about about this going into this year. I, I love what you're saying about Oregon, but I hate it because I do not want to fucking start here with more stats and stuff. I just don't. Yeah, I just don't want to do that. Um, This defense. I think you kind of brought up a good point earlier, where like I'm just never going to think the front seven is going to be an issue, no matter what. You guys lost the league, and you guys lost mm-hmm. a ton. Mm-hmm. But Kirby has done such a good job. We've talked about it since 2019. 2019, Georgia led the country and. In defense as well right yeah. um they played lsu better than almost anyone even that I mean, was a 37 10 game but it didn't really even feel like that yeah, yeah, you're right. like, you know um so kind of going in 2020 you have all these injuries and i know that we don't talk about injuries because they really don't impact the outcome of any games um but going into 2021 you dominate every single statistical category i'm not worried about the front seven the front seven i watch in the national championship game in the first half on both sides is the best front seven play I've ever, I, I may have ever yeah. watched a football yeah. game. And I just think that he's done such a good job of, of rotating so many guys in and out. You're going to have experience the back end. The secondary is like where you kind of think there might be an issue and you can kind of pick on, because there's not a lot of places to do it. You kind of yeah. pick on the, the SEC championship game. Well, well, maybe some people will go light him up. You saw what Tennessee was able to do like early on, dude, they, they didn't even have Tyke Smith. <laughs> christmas to come back like is like is there a weak link is it thor
2: (laughs) the milkman (laughs) the milkman (laughs) he better be delivering um That's a great question, man. Tykey Smith, before the season started a year ago, was my most underrated player on Georgia's team. Mm -hmm. He was my X factor. This guy was a freshman All-American at West Virginia. He had that kind of big game capability to understand how he can make a difference. And remember, last year, Georgia's secondary was inexperienced heading into the season. Now, that front seven that you're talking about made that secondary – a lot more comfortable about week two or three. Seen ends up being a first rounder. Keely Ringo, the star of the national championship game. Tykey obviously got hurt. I thought Chris Smith really made a name for himself, which is really going to be awesome. Keely Ringo, uh, I saw him in person. Could not believe how big he was. I was like, dude, this guy's a linebacker. He's huge. I go, oh my god! Again, going back to the recruiting and the development of this team, you mm-hmm. meet guys like that, and you remember Keeley. I don't know if you remember this, but well, um, Regan, he made this interception at the end of the national championship Regan. game that like sealed the game, and then he ran down the sideline like eighty-seven yards or something. Uh-huh. and He dusted everybody. This guy, you know, he's two twenty, built like a linebacker, arms. Drew. That I mean, I mean, this guy's got reach. He's really good. He made that great play. Um, Here, but I on, think. I need yes, you to know please. one thing. I need you to know
0: one thing. I don't know. We've talked about this national championship and how I had to experience it, but you know, I got COVID like the Friday before, so I yeah. couldn't go up there to cover the game. Yeah. So I'm just, and then I lost my voice. So I'm sitting in the basement at my buddy's house, <laughs> can't say a word. Can't. Nobody wants to watch the game with me. It's in silence. I swear to God, Keeley's returning this kick, and and I'm like, or this this pick, he gets to the five yard line. This is how sick I am. Okay, gets to the five yard line, and the and the the TV freezes, and I'm like. Hold on, what hold happened? on. maybe yeah. he doesn't get in. Maybe something happens and he trips and fumbles and just like Auburn Jesus
2: shows up for Bama one. I don't fucking know. <laughs> but
0: yeah, people forget he was a four three guy out of high school. I He's know. huge.
2: He's huge. Um, yeah, I was at that game, and the collective joy uh yeah. that the Georgia fan base had after was something that I've never experienced, maybe yeah. my wedding night, but other than that. Um, nobody that many people smiling this was during the height of Omicron I got COVID at the game yes the debate just, just going up there because I didn't think he like, got <laughs> game to it to be honest but I had to come home the next day, and I had to re-watch it because it was so intense. That fourth quarter was so intense. You, like, are seeing the game, yeah. but you're not really able to take in everything. Like, when Stetson fumbled, and then it was a recovery by Alabama, like, that happened so quick. You're looking up at the jumbotrons, like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Um, so, going back and just realizing how wild that game was, I, I that is a game that Georgia used to lose. 10 times out of 10, and somehow, some yeah. way, uh, only in Indy. I remember one of my friends, Ryan Skates, who runs the Poor Man's Game Notes, years ago, when Indy got the national championship, and everybody was like, why the hell is it in Indy? He texted me. He was like, mark it down. Georgia will win the national championship in Indianapolis. Sandwiched between, uh, where was it, Dallas and L.A. is this year? Yeah. Or, you know, definitely well, not one of those cool places. It was negative five degrees in Indy. We we're freezing <laughs> our asses off, but it was worth it. Uh, so I gotta say, we
0: and we, we, I know you're you got a lot of stuff going on. We've already had you for 33 minutes. So we'll get you out of here in like the next five. But I just want to say, like from the bottom of my heart, and you know me well enough, like off air and everything, It's been such a pleasure already to have you on here to talk about your national championship and also your wedding night and the same
2: thing. That's been that's <laughs> if there's anything that I could listen to, it's it's those two stories. And I'm just so. I appreciate- I have a ring from my wedding. Uh, I don't have a ring from the national championship, obviously. Yeah. But my dad, Kevin Butler, uh, is on the Georgia Bulldog Radio Network. So he does the pre and post game. And then him and Jeff Dansler, who is just one of the best guys, a Georgia historian, um, a great radio personality. They do the Sunday morning Bulldog brunch. It's the call-in show. Yeah. Well, they got a phone call a couple of months ago from the athletic department. And the athletic department says, what are your ring sizes? Because we're sending the broadcast team That's national sick. championship rings, So my dad will get one, which will be really cool. What is the place? Where do they shoot that from? Something grill, right? Yeah. Hilltop grill. There you Top go. Yeah. I, I,
0: I will say just again, how terrible a person I am. I've listened to that on several occasions after you guys have lost games. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's the best part. The word I feel bad for my dad. Like when they do the Saturday night games, I mean, they're on the air till two 30 AM, three AM and it's all the people driving home. The phone lines are blowing up Win, lose or draw. Right. But the worst part is after a loss, which is, thankfully hasn't been yeah. uh, too frequent the past couple of years if it's a night game loss they're taking really really angry phone calls until 3 a.m they're on the air at 10 a.m it's the only two georgia shows that are on the air right. so it's all the same people calling up being like hey man i slept on it and i'm even more mad now so they have right. to like, take all
0: these calls and are on holy That's cow awesome. i feel for these guys good stuff though
1: all right let's talk about the uh the over under win total 10 and a half and then we'll do some rapid fire here at the end um you get a
0: breakout player too
1: and one bold prediction. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a that's a good that's a good call. So so breakout player, I think Eric Gilbert's probably too obvious at yeah. this point. Um, so maybe someone outside of him that will break out this season, offense or defense.
2: Yeah, I'll say Robert Beal. Um, I think Robert Beal is going to be a breakout player again, going back to the the big time playmakers on that defense who are going to allow some other guys to shine. I think Robert Beal is going to be the guy who really steps up and makes a big name for himself. Uh, go back to Glenn Schumann, the kind of de- to talent development that he's had, obviously a co-defensive coordinator now. Um, I think this is an opportunity for Robert Beal to feed off of guys like Nolan Smith feet off of guys like Jalen Carter, climb those draft boards, start getting that swagger and that confidence to get after the quarterback and get home. So uh, he would be my pick. And then, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, Tyke Smith. I'm just a big Tyke Smith fan. Yeah. So I hope he has a, a healthy season, is able to make the impact. We all know he can. I, I
0: got one for you because this is – usually we reserve this part to say, like, is there a trap game? Is there whatever kind of game? We kind of both know how you feel. And I appreciate the honesty. And it is kind of a cakewalk. Who do you think finishes second in the East this year behind Georgia um, because of the, you know, just like we all think they're going to finish first, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, but I like Tennessee. I think this is the year Tennessee can get over the Florida hump. I'm not sold on Florida. And and please, this is as unbiased as possible. (laughs) Um, The Anthony Richardson kind of what's going to happen at quarterback. Florida fans are restless. A lot of big name coaches were in the coaching carousel this offseason. They may, I don't want to call it a hastily made decision, but it was a quick decision to go get Billy Napier when all these yeah. big names are on the board. You're like, whoa, that's kind of an interesting call. Um, I think that situation, the talent scheme fit for Napier in Florida could be telling. I just think it's going to take time. Is Napier the right guy? I mean, he very well maybe, but I yeah. think that's going to take time. I like Heupel and the excitement. I mean, Tennessee's defense cannot get worse than they were a year ago. They've got to get at least a little bit better. I so I see them beating Florida and I see them beating Kentucky. Uh, I don't think Kentucky has what it takes to, to be better than Tennessee this year. And, you know, Chris, you and I are on the same page. When, yeah. seriously, when? is the last time Kentucky has won a meaningful football game. I, thank you. I mean, th- they don't win big football games. No, they the last don't. time they've won a big game. I want to say it was late two thousands against a, LSU. a top five LSU team. That was it. Yeah. That's, I mean, it, like, and that's
0: it all for Kentucky because we, and we love Mark mm-hmm. Stubbs, but he did kind of get this benefit of the doubt on this whole thing where it's like, well, like he's, he's ranked this high. Cause look, we did at Kentucky. Look what he's able to do at Kentucky. Like, you're kind of at a position now where you finally have expectations, and you've gotten yeah. great. They've had two ten-win seasons, but like, I'm just not high on the Will Levis stuff. I'm
2: just neither I'm just, am I. Is he a great NFL prospect? Yes. Sure. Has that translated into winning meaningful games in the SEC? Not yet. Uh, right. Uh, I remember what Georgia did to him a year ago. It was like what was it, thirty to three, and then Kentucky yeah. had that ten-minute fourth-quarter drive. They went the for game? it with the second left, and they covered because they scored a touchdown. I yeah. lost money that game. I hurt my feelings. So was, that adds to my dis my adds to my dismay for Kentucky football. But, um, but there's this is, no contest.
0: You you bring this up. We we, t- we talked about this literally before last year's game and and Kentucky fans got so pissed at you and you, you brought it up. You're like, when's the last time they've won something like meaningful? The biggest takeaway from that, I heard it. I heard people bring it up at fucking media days. And it was like, man, what Kentucky was able to do in that one drive at the end of the game. And it was like, like that was, that was the bench. What? Yeah, you're like, what? Like
2: I, help they, me with They this had twist. a 13
0: play drive. It's like, fuck, man.
2: Help me yeah, with this. So. This drives me crazy. Anyway. Um, I have had talent producers. I have had people in the media tell me that I'm some like Georgia yeah. homer. Do I love Georgia? Yeah, of course I do. Uh, if, if you say I got into the media in 2017 to now, Georgia's won yeah. a shitload of football games. If I pick mm-hmm. them every game, I'm doing pretty good. But yeah. what really upsets me is this. When you get into those situations like that, where like, you watch game day and they're all going, man, Kentucky, watch out. It just right. could be it. And then I'm on punt and pass going, um, absolutely not. Georgia's going to beat him by 30. It won't even be a contest. People were like, you're a homer. You're a homer. You're right. a homer. And then it happens, and they're like, oh, good pick. I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> no. Those right. guys were dead-ass wrong. I was right. Let's, I mean, you know, come on. Help me out a little bit. Dude, here's the thing. Again, again,
0: I will never get over the fact in 2018, my first year on the podcast, saying that Bama was going to lose – the national championship game when I was at the fucking national championship game and everyone's like, he's just hedging. He's just, hedging. And no, I'm like, like-, down, like, this is why, this is why they're going to lose this game. And, and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And and everyone was like, he's just hedging. He's always saying that because he's scared. And I'm like, no, yeah, they're yeah. better in the the office. So bro, I get it. And that's All what right. I've said before. Like my mom always <clears> says, <throat> says, she always says to me, she's like, Chris, I'm so proud of you for not because of my career, but she's like, you know, I'm so proud of you for, for like, like, you don't get so upset anymore like you used to when you're little and everyone loses. I'm like, yeah, because they don't fucking lose. Yeah, <laughs> <exactly>. that's, <laughs> a that's a good and point.
2: It's a good point. We're in a healthy relationship. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. Um, <laughs> I get it, man. I get it. And then the uh, Mississippi State, no. You rush yeah. three, drop eight. That's not going to be an issue. I know the Kentucky game is late. Everybody likes to point to those late season games in Lexington, which are tough. I just don't think the talent matchup is there mm-hmm. in Kentucky's favor. Guys, I mean, I, Florida and Jacksonville, I mean, I, I just don't see it right now. And obviously, yeah. August the 8th, it's early, but I'm going to say it once and I'll say it again. I think Oregon's the toughest game for Georgia this season. Like one. So, so, yeah, so I big don't game? think you should
1: feel bad for that pick, by the way, because Georgia has far out-recruited everyone else in the East and yeah. almost everybody in the entire conference outside of Alabama, and they're probably right on par with them. So they've got a talent advantage in every single game they go into – Oftentimes, by a wide margin. I mean, it's it's just tough on paper to see them, you know, slipping up. I, I I agree. You know, that late Tennessee at Mississippi. I mean, you could throw Florida in there. Yeah, Florida, Tennessee at Mississippi State at Kentucky. That's a, a bit of a tough stretch, but at Georgia's talent level, I just I just don't see it either. I mean, I I, w- I would go over the ten and a half. That's for sure. I mean, they went undefeated in the regular season last year. So you're telling me they're going to be two wins worse I just yeah, I just I don't, don't see so. that and I,
2: I'm a uh, you know I'm a traditionalist when it comes to college football I still mm-hmm. hate that the Auburn game is no longer yes. in mid-November because that was just you know that you knew the holidays were around you knew the SEC championship was in sight the stakes were always big in that game always. <clears throat> you
0: know I, we're, we're I mean I know yeah, not even much we're, we're the same person in a lot of ways I mean like, like <laughs> I, you're the like less athletic version of me and we I
2: think we all agree that, you know <laughs> yeah i mean that that's been established for sure there's no doubt about that
1: all right guys well we got we got some uh some questions from uh some fans in the facebook group if you guys are watching live and you want to throw some some questions in drew's way uh we'll have them answer some of those we've had
0: you for 40 minutes so this is great yeah please this is awesome
1: all right cool all right let me track some of these down here um real quick though you're we're all going over right
2: Yes, yeah, over oh, yeah. ten and a half, and, 10, half. and I think the, there's an eleven and a half out there that'll be juiced to the over a little bit less. So I think that's a good bet too. Yeah, yeah. I, I,
0: listen, I bet on I bet on Georgia to cover uh, alternate spread in the national championship game last year. <laughs> I bet on them to cover ten and a half. I hit I hit an all four. That's an over over one touchdown. I had I had the four and a half. I had Cook over a touchdown. I think he had one right um, and something else. But it was like I, I think you're spot on, man. I don't see them having a loss. Ten and a half seems very low. Yeah. Which seems odd, but anyway, we'll get to the questions here.
1: All right, uh, which team on UGA's schedule has the best chance of scoring three or more touchdowns against the defense? That's pretty good. That's a good question.
2: I would say Tennessee. I mean, is that a kind of a lame answer right now? We didn't even talk about South Carolina and Spencer Rattler. My thing is this. That? What do you think about that? What on earth tells us that Spencer Rattler is going to have some amazing success in the SEC? I, anything? Anything? Remember what happened last year in Norman. He was getting booed off the field. You don't think that will happen in Williams-Price Stadium if he gets off to a slow start? No. They will absolutely kick him off and kick him out of Willie B. I'm just saying I don't see it. I mean, I love the energy in yeah. Columbia. That is a very tough place to play. I'll say Tennessee. Okay.
1: All right. Uh, here's uh, Chris's girlfriend in the chat.
0: Yeah, I don't uh, like this. Whoa, what is happening here?
1: What's your favorite pool in Athens and why was it the station? I don't know what that means, but maybe it's Mary.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: a long
2: time ago. Good times, though. A lot of uh, we didn't live at the station, but a lot of our friends did. Um, always a good spot to go hang out, take a load off. Good times. She's uh, yelling
0: at the room. I don't know, what this is for the beat. This is
1: good. Uh, how big is losing Kamarda? Do you think uh, this guy says the Aussie? I'll go the milkman, will fill his shoes.
2: Yeah. You know, Camardo was an absolute beast last season. Um, Punters are often unsung heroes. We know they're the most athletic guys on the team. We know they're uh, very, very good looking people and smart um, and can run fast. You know, all those things. But Jake, from a consistency standpoint, was so big last year to where the defense just relied on him. I mean – the Orange Bowl, the national championship game, even the SEC championship where Georgia got killed. He was hitting balls. I'm going, wow, this dude is going to have a long career in the NFL. Obviously, got drafted by Tampa Bay. He'll be their starting punter this year. But losing guys like that is tough because kickoffs, every single one of them around the end zone, punts, 90% of the time, they were going to be great. Returns are going to be minimal, and the defense is going to be in a great position. So, uh, Brett Thorson, the milkman, has some big shoes to fill. But I think he hopefully will be put in a good situation to manage George's field position.
0: I like that, uh, um, George's offense will average. I think they go up. This is, Nick, you're, I love you, man. But this is great. It says, "What do you think George's offense will average?" I think they go up to forty-seven points per game from thirty-nine. <laughs> so just to put that in perspective, real quick, like I just because you, know, you guys know, I, I like to like be a stat guy a little bit. If you average forty-seven points per game. That would put you higher than Ohio State and any other team last year. It would put you um, right around – it would be one point less than Bama had in 2020. It would be one point less than LSU did in 2019. Um, and right around those uh, – Ohio. Those or- teams so- weren't
1: that good though, Chris. You failed to recognize that. That's
0: a good point. I, th- I think, honestly, I think that if you're going to have a team like, like Bama 2020 with Mac Jones, Najee yeah. Harris, De- Devonta Smith – and then 2019 LSU with Joe Burrow. I don't think there's any reason to doubt that Stetson Bennett could be in that kind of conversation. As much as I love Stetson Bennett too. So
2: yeah, I mean, um, th- what what did they average last year? Thirty eight point thirty nine. Yeah, yeah th- that that's plenty. <laughs> Let's yeah. just keep it yeah. there. I, I'd be I'd be happy with that. And I don't think Georgia's really ever had the DNA. And that's not to say that they don't have the talent to. But Georgia would put a game out of reach and then set that thing on cruise control in the fourth quarter, right? Like, I don't see any situation to where Georgia's just airing it out in the middle of the fourth quarter when they're up by – three and a half touchdowns. So I would be more than happy with another 39 points per game season. If you want to creep up into the forties, I think that'd be phenomenal. I want to say coach Bobo did that in a season. Obviously he's back now as an offensive analyst. So fresh set of eyes, a couple yeah. more coaches who are back. Brian McClendon was the wide receivers coach when I was in school. Stacy Searles was the offensive line coach when I was in school at Georgia. So, Think about this with all the coaches that they lost, you're getting coaches who have never won a national championship. So they're hungry. They they want to put their stamp on a great program and get a right. taste of what could be a potential dynasty much like Alabama's built over the past well, 10 years. So it could be a rebuilding
0: uh, year, but also just know that that word has kind of lost its meaning in the English language from what I've been told.
2: So You know, I tweeted that out last week and I said, <laughs> "What's fascinating, what's fascinating about that quote from Nick Saban last week is this. <clears> One, <throat> he truly believes it. He's like, "We had a yeah. rebuilding year." I'm like, "You're a psych- psychopath uh, two, <laughs> two. the players probably are starting to believe it at this point, which is scary. You're like, uh, what? Like Cuba, well, like it out. He's like, uh, won 13 games, won the SC championship, won a Heisman. And then the worst part of all is that the fans now believe it. The Alabama okay, so fans are like, thing. this let's is let's a rebuilding. Let's... I'm like, guys, what on earth? But
0: here's the thing though. You lose six first rounders, to the NFL. I agree with that. You lose, it, you lose eight in the top 38, by the way. You yes. lose all the generational talent. You lose a Heisman Trophy winner. You lose two ACLs at a pretty key time. I'm kidding with that part. But you lose like all the talent. I think that I, I stand by this when I say, if you watch a team last year, and I'm not just saying this is a fan. People, see, this is where, this is where it get you in trouble, Drew. And and you're lucky because you played. So it's like people will not have the same kind of stipulation for me. I just am so open about way too much of my life on Twitter anyway. But also because of like me being a Bam fan, That team should have lost four games last year. Oh,
2: four games? I mean, (laughs) Auburn. Is that what you're going to say? Auburn? Uh, Florida. uh, Florida. Bro, they had six yards rushing against LSU. But see, that's – I mean, to say that, though, is to not understand what Alabama's greatness has been built on over the last 10 years. They don't lose those games. You know what I mean? Like, they don't fuck up when it comes time to make a play. And I think, like, when you're thinking about that Auburn game, when it was time to make a play, they made the play. Auburn didn't. That's Alabama true. wins the game. That's how you build a dynasty. Right. And I think, you know, that just goes to show you the greatness of Nick Saban, uh, the consistency of that team, and then in the end, Alabama getting every call from any rep that's
1: in ever-
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that right there is the perfect storm.
0: Yeah. You know, and I think this is this – is, you talk about it with a – this is why I love you, Drew. This is you talk about it with with like Bama fans and Bama fans are starting to believe it. Like, don't start this whole thing about the fucking refs because I don't know who <laughs> and this, and this is what always cracks me up too because like I, I said this afterwards and I've gone at it with Georgia fans nonstop because I I think they were the best team in the country last year. I think that I don't know why we keep saying generational defense because that was the best defense in the history of college football yeah. and I really like I watched the twenty eleven Bama team. I, I don't think it was close. I don't think. I don't think half those guys that played for Bama that year start for that team from George last year. I really don't. I, I, I just don't like, I mean, anyway, we can get into like more of a breakdown where people won't pay attention to that at some other episode, but I mean, like <laughs> at the same time, at the same time, I just feel like, mm-hmm. like, ah, I forgot, I forgot my whole fucking point. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It you just, were on the right
2: track though, but yeah, George's defense last year was phenomenal. Yeah. You're, you're exactly right. I just, I think it's weird that we have this whole
0: thing with like, there, there has, I've, I've been using this phrase, and my girlfriend hates it. My mom definitely hates it because she follows me on Twitter. But it's like Georgia fans have had this weird, like, like they've been horny for disrespect so much this offseason. Just, I mean, just begging for disrespect. Like, no one thought we could win. Like, and it just cracks me up because it's like, bro, everyone kind of thought you could do it besides your own fan base.
1: Well, that
2: uh, and we had good reason to believe that. Believe me. <laughs>
1: right, yeah. There's a lot of hurt there. There's yeah, a lot of hurt yeah. there, Chris. You wouldn't Absolutely. understand. Absolutely. All right, let's get more
0: to
2: these other questions for a week, we week. All got right, off, yeah, a, a couple
1: of last ones here. Uh, Mount Rushmore of UGA Specialists. Ooh,
2: great. I mean, uh, throw my dad on there, Kevin Butler. Oh, yeah, that's good. <sighs> man. Uh,
1: Gordon um, Ely Kelso is probably the
2: only
0: punter i put on there. Ely Kelso,
2: dude, love Gordon Ely Kelso. Billy yeah. Bennett, legend. Brandon Cattu, legend. Billy Bennett. Um, um, I mean, I one love one. these guys. I've known them forever. The Last one I want to put yeah. on there, you know. Uh, one of my favorite guys was my long snapper, Ty Fricks. Ty Fricks was <laughs> the man. Oh, hot rod. I see him say yeah. hot rod. Yeah, I mean, Rodrigo obviously gets in there, but to put a long snapper in there, my man, Ty Fricks, uh, was just the best. And what's crazy <laughs> is that Ty's dad, Mitch Fricks, snapped to my dad. Uh, oh, then that's Ty cool. snapped to me. Oh, cool. And then Ty's younger brother, Trent, snapped after uh, Ty. So, Three generations of Frixes. We'll just put the Frixes as one. Like we'll that. put the Butlers as another. Okay. We'll get Hot Rod in there, I guess, because of the goggles, <laughs> the specs. Yeah. Um, and then Spike Jones, the big toe from Cairo. People with Georgia, <laughs> Georgia fans will know who Spike Jones is. We'll talk. We'll toss him in there, too.
0: Man, I don't think there's anything my family would be on the Mount Rushmore. of. I saw yesterday that fucking OJ was allowed in Shreveport, and I'm not even allowed in Shreveport because of my family.
2: You want to talk about a place where I wouldn't wish my best enemy to go to? Um, Shreveport, Shreveport, Louisiana. Um, we played the 2010, excuse me, 2009 Independence Bowl there. The Advocare Independence Bowl against... Texas A&M, Von Miller, uh, yeah. Jared Johnson was the quarterback. My boy Randy Bullock, who's mm-hmm. still kicking in the NFL. He was the kicker for Texas A&M. We went um, eight and four that season. Uh, We beat a top 10-ranked Georgia Tech team. We were unranked at the time, last game of the season, which was great. Got us into the illustrious Independence Bowl. Uh, (laughs) One of our bowl activities was visiting the Air Force Base. That is where George W. Bush got put into a bunker on 9-11. So you got to go down in the bunkers. I mean, that was was cool, I guess. Uh, I think we did like a fish fry. Um, The casinos were certainly off limits. And then Christmas morning. 2009 we uh, had a full pads practice an ice storm had come through so the artificial turf on the field was covered in ice um, and I'll put my hand up I was a true specialist that day I kicked for about five minutes and I sat my ass in that locker room for good two and a half hours while all those guys were on the field that was probably one of the <clears> saddest <throat> days of my football career <laughs> I was like this is awful I want to go home that's funny all
0: right give him one more time. let's get them on out of here and then, and then also we want to hear um, I mean you're you your, your co-host League, gets i'm assuming says he's heard anything i've ever said about him in the past which is fine <laughs> i
2: don't know i don't know that i cannot wait to you know give him a baptism by fire uh with punt and pass but one more question then i'll get into that it would be awesome
1: yeah yeah um well this is a personal question i, I went on your wikipedia page which i know okay. is always usually correct it says you're on the golf team in high school
2: yeah love, how love. far do you
1: hit a seven iron Love
2: playing golf. Seven iron, stock seven iron, 190, 195. Uh, Love playing golf. Been playing golf my whole life. It was the sport that I played before football. So uh, I played golf all four years in high school. Shout out to the Ridge golf team.
1: That's cool, man. Yeah. Well, you mentioned your, your, uh, your show with, uh, with Jake Fromm. so, so it's the punt pass podcast is the yeah, name man. of it. Um, tell us a little bit about that. I know Jake just joined up with you recently, right?
2: That's right. Yeah. So we're heading into season six punt and pass podcast. It's hosted on podcast park. You can get it wherever you listen to your podcast. we got a pretty awesome YouTube channel as well. Punt and pass.com Jake Fromm joining up. I'm so fired up to have him. He's going to be the first member in the media. Okay, that's ever played for Kirby Smart. I think that's fascinating, especially now heading in to this season for Georgia. A lot of expectations. Jake won an SEC championship, a Rose Bowl, a Sugar Bowl. He's got a ton of followers on social media. Um, And I am excited to kind of hear his thoughts. I mean, this guy was throwing touchdowns for the New York Giants less than a year ago. So he's back in Athens now finishing up his finance degree. I said, Jake, I got a great opportunity for you. Let's chop it up and talk college football. Obviously, we're extremely SEC focused, but as the season progresses and those college football playoff rankings come out, we cover the top games and the top storylines week in and week out in college football. Our first show is going to be live this Friday night. If you're in the Atlanta area, A live show. we'll be at Truck and Tap in downtown Alpharetta at 6 I'm gonna p.m. Be there on Friday night. Wait. You're going to be there. We're yeah, be my there.
1: office is right next door. Our producer of our podcast will be also producing that show, I think. And that's so a, he told us about point. it, so I will stop by. All right. Well, you guys will be there. Uh, yep. Chris, you're not allowed. We'll put you on the do not interest. Uh,
2: but I'm excited to kind of introduce Jake to everybody. The thing is this. We like to have fun at Punt and Pass. Yeah. Uh, we like to obviously bring our insight and perspectives to the game. And Jake is much younger than me. Uh, I'm 33 now. My wife and I are expecting our third child. Oh, uh, I like three. to see. St- I like to try to stay relevant by doing the podcast. Jake certainly is relevant. This guy was throwing touchdown yeah. passes uh, about eight months ago in the NFL. So fired up to get him in the fold. We'll have fun all season long. Damn, three That's
1: kids, terrible.
2: huh? Wow. Yeah,
1: I got man. two. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, I got three and one. So it's a lot. Yeah, Getting man. 90, 90, 90, Bridget's
2: four, Karis two, and then we're expecting baby girl number three December 7th. Ooh, so, three girls. Yeah, man. Well, I hope that that
0: is the day of a lot of happiness because I can only imagine a couple of days before that when you guys lose in the NC championship game again, it'll be a day of sadness. But well, I've already Andrew, planned
2: it all out. I've already planned it all out.
0: <laughs> we appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for, for coming on and, and, and spreading some of the, uh, I guess I would say good news and, and fortune that George is going to have again this season. But
2: um, we'll do it again soon, man. You've been great. Awesome, fellas. Appreciate the invite and uh, love coming on.
1: Yeah, awesome, yeah. thanks for coming. We'll see you.
0: All right, so Tyler, we've got um, – that was great. <clears throat> Drew's awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, um, Drew is right. great. Um, uh, are you gonna be able to make it up on Friday to Truck and Tap?
0: If my girlfriend lets me,
1: she's oh gonna have Oh a- an god, answer. dude, unreal. What? Um, no nah, you'll I'm be. i was just there. saying,
0: like the thought of a live show. That sounds awesome, right?
1: The it does. Yes. yeah um, so we'll go up there. We got to spread. I saw some people in our comments here that were telling uh, us that they're going to be there at the the show on Friday. So we're we're already uh, we're building the the hype up here for for Drew and yeah. Jake. So, all right, anything else before we leave here? Do we have like audience questions or anything? I kind of mean I wanted to say I want you know what? Yeah, I got something
0: to say. I got something to say. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna. Let's just. I want to just have a little fireside chat with Georgia pants. Real
1: quick. Oh God. So, oh. Yeah. No, this is fine. Should we, I, I should end it now. No,
0: you should not. Hey guys, if you're a Georgia fan and and this is this is like I know that there's going to be half of you that are going to hear part of this and be like fuck this, I don't
2: 3318
0: ah, or what the fuck ever. Okay? You are the defending national champs. We are 21 days from college football season starting. 21 days. Isn't that awesome, Tyler? I'm pretty pumped about that. I Whoa. can't wait. I know, it's going to be awesome. Here's the deal, guys fucking quit with all of the I was told such and such. Like, no, you weren't. No, you weren't. Most of the shit you guys have been told about your defense being bad hasn't been from either of us. It hasn't been from anyone in the fucking Facebook group besides the Twitter and Florida fans and fucking Tennessee fans you pick fights with on purpose. Like, none of these things are happening in real life. You are the defending national champs. Fucking act like it. I can't believe I have to say this.
1: I'm just putting the comments up as they stream I, just, I see him.
0: I see him. But every fucking day, like we tried to, we try to promote this show today. And it, honestly, it almost like hurt my feelings. I don't even care about the sounds. You guys know I'm so sweaty. You guys know me well enough that like, like I love you guys, right? But like, oh yeah, I can't tell if this is a pump up. It's a diss track, Trevor. It's a diss track. But like, like we posted about it today. And We were so excited to have like you know Drew on and talk about Georgia and preview the season and all this kind of stuff. And we put in a bunch of work. Like about, you know, trying to do that. And, and we get so excited for it. This is the best fucking time of year. It's the best time of year, right? And we are super excited. I think Georgia, I've said it I said it in Atlanta at media days, I think they win the SEC. I think technically they have an easier path than like Bama does. Might have a better team. I don't know. But stop fucking being hung up on so-and-so told me. No, who cares what fucking Randall 09876542 from fucking Watumka said on Twitter. Like, you guys have a, you have arrived. You have arrived. Fucking enjoy it, okay? Stop <laughs> trying to, stop being horny for disrespect. Like I always say, I, and I'm pretty sure that my girlfriend has a guest up right now, so this is like, sounds terrible. But stop being <laughs> fucking horny for disrespect. And is it be, Drew Butler Enjoy the, <laughs> it's, it's Tyler from the other room. No, just be <laughs> fucking excited and like go into the season and like, that's it. That's it. Just fucking God, I'm so tired of of getting on the Facebook group and only seeing like so and so told me. No, the fuck they didn't. No one fucking told you that. No one fucking told you that.
1: (laughs) Billy Ray from Shreveport said LSU (laughs) is going to beat us this year.
2: Fucking cares. Play
1: them. Uh, one more shout out here. Taylor Pace. He says stationed in Japan and love this fucking show. Live shows are awesome, especially if you do them at night because I can watch it at work. Yeah. Shout out you, man. Thank you for Thank your, your service. service too. By the way, hell right, brother.
0: Uh, well, uh, well that was good, man. Build a Bear workshop thing that you're like promoting. I don't know. I mean, just, but no, we appreciate it, man. Should, <laughs> so also, should that be the, we got the By the way, I haven't told you about the update on us. That, I love that. Um, we got an update on the cups. Should yeah. be the, the the weekend of the first games, which is good. Awesome. Should have been two weeks ago, <laughs> but we should also have them the first week of of the season. So, um was going i did tell you that james i did tell you that anyway but should, should our first t-shirt should our first t-shirt or sticker combination be for for the pod be horny for disrespect i'm horny <laughs> for disrespect
1: <laughs> i don't know if I i can't wear that in front of my kids <laughs> kids can't read
2: i couldn't read till i was eight
1: <laughs> uh maybe we should maybe we should hey, hey go like and subscribe if you would buy a horny for disrespect shirt and if we get yeah. 10 reviews. By the way, I did want to read out a couple. We got a nice review. Did I want to read really? that out. Five star review. Uh, I wanted to read that. Make sure we did that. We got two actually over the last week. One said, keep up the good work. Five stars. Love what you guys have been doing. Uh, second here, five stars. Just a guy from Mississippi who was born a band fan. I look forward to new episodes each week. You fellas are awesome and don't get enough credit. So thank you first and foremost. So way you two feed off each other during uh, discussions and just the overall chemistry between the two of you is by far the best of any podcast I've listened to. Fuck yeah. What do you think about that?
0: I tell you what, I'm horny for respect, Tyler. I am fucking horny for respect.
1: <laughs> well, he goes further and says, also, y'all somehow make Marlar's tangents relevant to whatever the topic may be. Gotta love a Marlar tangent. I salute you both and keep it up. Roll tide.
0: Love it. Marlar rant. So, love it. Hey, if you I guys go it. give us a cool five
1: star review then we will also read yours out on the next show uh hey look we didn't get a, a true prediction to see what he uh, drew thought about them winning a title this year um i think they've got a as good a chance as any team in the that, that top group uh especially yeah. given the schedule and so we'll see we won't make our final predictions until uh, right before the season but uh i'll
0: tell you right now they fucking go seven and five hook em. Roll Tide. No, I got him going. I think (laughs) 13-2 or 14-1. I got him losing the national championship to uh, Ohio State. So,
1: let's get out of here. All right. Thanks, guys. Horny. For Respect.